Hey, this is Christy Demos. I'm a senior manager at eBay leading go-to-market strategy and operations. If you're wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsas. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today. And if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. I want to welcome you to today's episode. I have a wonderful guest with me. Her name is Kirsty Demoyes, and uh, she's the Senior Manager for the Go-To-Market and Operations on eBay. And her role, she's responsible for updating their sellers on key programs and changes. Kirsty has been at eBay for over 18 years, working in various roles from customer service to project management to marketing. Christy, a big welcome to you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is such an important topic, and I agree with everything you said. It's changing, and change is constant, and the description you gave about running email to email, meeting to meeting sounds really familiar, so I think this is really important, and I'm so excited to be here. Great. Thank you. And yeah, you're right. I mean, people are going from email to email, marketing, meeting to meeting. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've some of these people I'm working with, some of these coaches, it's quite interesting to see what happens. They get to some meetings and they check in their phones, not to see what email they've got, but what meeting is this? Because they have no idea. And then they're tending to do that a lot. So Christy, we've, uh, I've given the introduction to our listeners uh, in relation to you a little bit. Tell me or tell us a little bit more about your background. Yeah, you bet. So like you mentioned, I've been at eBay. Funny enough, I think I need to update my profile. I've now actually been there almost 20 years, if you can believe that. So I'm about to hit my 20 year anniversary in March. And so really, I've been there 20 years, but I've been under multiple CEOs, multiple. I've been through extreme growth, extreme, you know, some turnarounds. I've really been at one company, but it feels like I've been at five or six. And prior to that, I did my undergrad at the University of Wyoming and grew up in Wyoming. So, yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Awesome. And I think we actually, uh, we being Hewlett Packard, took one of your CEOs, actually. So we had Meg Whitman come and, look, come and become our CEO. That's right. That's right. I was under Meg Whitman. I think she was the CEO when I first joined. So I was obviously under her the whole time. So we shared CEOs. We'll have to see if we shared some some leadership experience there. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So 20 years in the organization and you've done, as you said, various roles, which is really, really important because a lot of us have been in these large organizations. Today, we see a lot of people in leadership roles go from one company to another company to another company, 80 months, two years, three years. And being in one company for 20 years, 30 years is a bit rare nowadays. How are you found 
being in an organization that long and then going from different role to different role, what's it been like for you? Yeah, I'm so glad you say that. Honestly, sometimes I have a little bit of what's the word anxiety about having been there so long. And I question myself, like, should I still be here like this? This isn't the norm. This isn't what people do. Am I, am I going to impact myself down the line? But, but ultimately the reason I continue to stay so long is because as you've talked about, like leadership is changing, business is changing. So even though it's been one company, I've never stopped learning. I'm still so passionate about our mission. And I love the people I work with that every time I question myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, almost 20 years. That's way too long. I cannot still be here. And then I go through and I ask myself, am I being challenged? Do I have opportunities to learn? Do I believe in what we're doing here? Do I love my team? And I always check all those boxes. So I've just continued to stay. But yeah, it's been, there've been times where it's been really hard and times where it's been really exciting. And you can imagine it's been all the emotions and all the things. It's like you get everything that you want in life and in leadership roles all in one place, right? It's a one-stop shop. And yeah, I, I get it because I spent many years within EDS slash Hewlett Packard and you had so many things to work on. It was like a new organization every time. And there was mergers and acquisitions and then there was changes of CEOs and leaders and you were going through constant change while also being in the same foundation. But there was that one thing, and I and, and I think you've you hit it on the head. It's and either way, I look at it. It's the DNA of the organization. It's the people you work with. I seriously miss the people that I used to work with in, in the organizations. And it's it's friendships. It's it's people, and we still hang around together and things like that. I think it's something that's really really important for us to have is as a community of people nowadays, in particular when we are working at home alone so much. Oh, I could not agree more than that's like, in fact, really joining eBay really after undergrad, like some of my best friends I met there, just, you know, being in your early 20s, like that's where you meet your work friends, you know, and they become your sort of leadership circle, if you will, where, where they just stay with you. So some of them are still there. And many of them have moved on. Many of them have left and come back. So I totally agree. And it's it's really interesting to think about the return to office and what that means. I think a lot of people are talking about like, oh, man, why did I ever go into the office? I can sit at home in my sweatpants and drink my coffee without my commute. But to your point, I think there is a future where that human face-to-face connection still does add so much value and is important for leadership and for organizations. So it'll be interesting to keep watching, you know, how all these companies adjust and decide to, you know, I think most are saying we're going to be doing the hybrid, um, you know, experience. So it'll be interesting to see how that all turns out. But I completely agree that that human connection is so, so important, especially when you're leading teams and when you want to connect with your leadership. Yeah, yeah. Now, talking about leadership there, you just mentioned, how did you get into leadership? Yeah, great question. As I was thinking about coming to chat with you, I was like, how did I get into leadership? And oddly enough, I'm going to bring it back to like high school. Ultimately, I was a, we are a big sports family. And so um, I'm a big sports person. I played softball, soccer, and tennis growing up. And like looking back, like that's really where I started my leadership journey Whenever I was on a team, I often find myself stepping up and sort of setting the tone and the culture. And I think that's where I really sort of kind of realized, oh, I love people and I love leading them and I love creating a good experience. And so that ultimately took me into college and then into eBay. In college, I even led some teams like really funny jobs, like I managed a movie theater. And so I had to manage employees of the movie theater. And so, you know, that was a tricky one because I'm, you know, mostly managing people my age and a similar experience. So I actually think as silly as it is, I learned so much from it. 
And then coming into eBay, kind of same thing. Like I immediately, it was intended to be a temporary job. It was shortly after September 11th, having mentioned I've been here almost 20 years and the economy was weird. What I thought I was going to do was not happening anymore. And so I thought I got a temporary job at eBay. But as I mentioned, I fell in love with the mission and the people. And then slowly but surely, I noticed that I kind of, you know, in meetings, I would be speaking up or I would be supporting other people. And then it just naturally became where I was like, oh, I love helping others and supporting them and leading them. And so that's sort of how I, I fell into it. It was never really a conscious decision, but it's just what felt right. Mm, interesting how you say you fell into it, right? I mean, a lot, I think a lot of people do fall into that leadership role. Now, the sports that you said were softball, tennis? And soccer, football for maybe for you, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soccer, yeah, football, yeah, cool. So we, we shared CEOs and now we share sports, right? I mean, I used to play as a kid softball and then tennis, things like that. So Hey, this is good. Oh my gosh, Excellent. I love it. Yeah, those are my favorite. Yeah, I was thinking about like in tennis, I was as a senior, I was first singles, you know, which meant that I was intended to be the best. And it was really interesting because I felt like I culturally led the team, but then I had to fight for that position officially, you know, so that's how I think. And like we've, I have two boys and we really, you know, they love, luckily they love sports, so we don't really have to push them. But that's one of the main reasons I do push them into sports is like seeing them, you know, grow their leadership skills at such a young age. I think of my 13 year old, he's been on a baseball team for about a year. And just this last weekend, they went and won a tournament. And I think it's largely because of his own leadership and the way he's changed the culture and the team to really care about one another. It felt like originally they were all sort of individuals working on a team. And over this weekend, I've just watched them become a team and fighting together. And it's been really cool to see, even in my kids. Become a team and fight together. That's that's awesome because that's the culture whereby you show this oneness. And I think a lot of organizations today have this hierarchy and there are individuals or, or leaders and their teams where they're working in silos. Talk about bubbles with this pandemic. We, we've seen in companies and organizations bubbles happening for years. It's not a new thing. And, and what we see is that there are silos. They, they don't work together. That's really important that they do become that one company mindset, that one together as one. How's that been for you, that experience in your career around eBay, maybe other organizations, whereby you've seen that kind of silos possibly and then seeing it being collaborating well? What's it been like? Have, can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely, Dennis. You really hit the nail on the head, honestly. I've seen it work really well where, you know, the product organization, the business organization, the customer service, they're all going towards one goal. But I've also seen those silos, just as you described, where like it feels like one hand is not talking to the other and often competing with one another in a weird way. I would say right now, our leadership has done a great job of setting a really good vision that is being embraced across the company. And I'm really seeing those silos break down, which is pretty impressive given that we are, you know, in this bubble of at home working. But I'm really seeing a lot of our leadership. I think they recognize the importance of coming together and having that shared vision, especially when we're not together in the office. And so I've seen it both ways. And I think it's so frustrating for the teams when you're in those silos. They feel so frustrated, like I was doing that. I didn't know that team was doing that. And now we're doing the same thing. And now they're in conflict. And I think it's just so hard for your team members to execute and do a good job when you're when you're living in those silos. So it's really, really great when I see the company come together out of sort of one vision and one mission. And I think the time thinking of leadership, the way I've seen that is when the leaders kind of remove their ego and they care more about the mission and the success of the company than their own career. That's when I've really often seen it work well. And that's what I'm seeing a lot right now at the company, which is really exciting. Yeah. 
leaders, get out of the way with your ego and uh, step aside and, and move it away because it's actually going to help a lot of organizations and teams move forward. It's, you're right. I mean, with these silos and if there's mixed messages, it's very confusing for people and you don't really get that high-performing team in that, that I wouldn't say machine, but you know that, that cohesion and that working together. It's beautiful when you see it happening. I couldn't agree more. It's it's and so it's, better for everyone from the from the customer service teammates all the way to the leadership. I totally agree. It, it makes everything run better. And again, everyone's going to that same mission. So so they they know what they're doing and why, which is so great. So absolutely. Mm, very good. Listeners, Christy's sharing some wonderful insights here. I hope you're taking notes because uh, I am. And um, some really, really good insights here. Hey, listeners, here comes the next question for you. I wonder what she's going to say. Christy, who's your favorite leader? Now, this person could be alive or from history, but who's your favorite leader? And more importantly, why? Yeah, great question. I thought a lot about this one and I thought, do I want to say a leader that's like famous in the world or do I have a leader that like impacted my life and why? And I think a few things. I would think really my favorite leader is a uh, one of my bosses I had a few years ago. She led our uh, large organ large part of our trust organization, and I reported to her. Um, and she ultimately is my favorite leader. And I think the reason for that is is I love to model my my kind of style after her because I think she does a couple things. She's an amazing listener. I always joke with her that like she should have been a therapist because I feel like people come to her and they want to tell her everything. And I think transparency between your team team and leadership is really one of the keys to success. Because I think if the team members are scared of the leader and don't want to share what's really going on, then I think that just creates a culture that's really all ultimately dangerous for the success of the company and the happiness of the employees. So she was so great about being a great listener. I like, again, I think she should have been a therapist maybe, but then also she she does a great job kind of getting out of the way. She she sets a vision. She provides support. She removes roadblocks. But then she lets the team do what they do. So it's something I've tried to model, which is like surrounding myself by great people who I don't need to tell them what to do. I don't need to, you know, micromanage them. And she's done a great job with that. So, so I really, when I think about my favorite leaders, it's her. And I really try to model my style after what I've seen with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we should, when we appoint a new leader or someone to, into a new leadership role for the first time, they say, here you are, here's your black couch that you can use so your team members can sit there and you can ask questions and be that therapist. And because um, I think, you know, I've just done an episode recently and it's called, because um, every week we I'll interview two people, Christy, and then what I do is all, also is I do a freestyle episode. And in that freestyle episode, I did the, the topic was Ask, Don't Tell. And I find a lot of leaders telling people all the time, you mentioned micromanagement, but I think as you said, if you surround people with the right, you know, the right people around you, that's really interesting what happens, right? And so you can ask some questions. And I think it's really important that we do do that and take them on the journey rather than telling them all the time. Oh my goodness. I couldn't agree more. Like, and honestly, it is a little bit of a challenge for me. It's something I have to actively work on as a leader because of course I love my team and I want to help them. And so I have to regularly check myself. Hey, are you listening and asking questions or are you telling them what to do? And I think it's not something that comes natural for everyone, but as long as you're aware of it and you work on it, I think it's so important. And I've noticed like, that's what I kind of, one of the things I always say is like, I'm never going to be the smartest person in the room, or I'm not going to be the most strategic or analytical, but I will support my people and try to get out of the way and listen to them and remove roadblocks because I think that's so, so important. Um, absolutely. Yeah. A good mentor of mine said years ago to me, Hey, if you're the smartest in the group, get a new group. In other words, as you said before, right? Surround yourself with brilliant people, the right people, and then 
you know, let them do what they need to do really well because that's why you want them on the team. Because, I mean, trying to be everything to everybody is really hard. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Like even on my team, I have someone who's been doing the operation side much longer than me. And oftentimes a question will come up and I say, oh, I don't know. Let's ask her because she just knows. And, and I don't. And I think a lot of leaders would be scared to be like, I don't have the answer. Let me ask my team. And that's not my style at all. Like I value them and I see them as experts and that's what they're there for. So totally agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. Christy, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I mention that title, that statement, what does it mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question. It means to me that, you know, I think leadership has always been changing, you know, as we've seen so many different social movements that are causing that. But I think COVID also obviously has kind of put the I don't know what to call it, put the caffeine on or something. It's really sped up the need to see leadership change. I think a lot of times, you know, in the past, employees were willing to kind of take on some not great situations or maybe work too many hours and take time away from their family. And I think we're seeing that COVID is kind of showing us that like people need to value themselves and what they bring to the table and leadership needs to react accordingly. And so I think that watching leaders adjust to the new COVID world has been really good in a way. Like I think a lot of our leadership has done a great job with it. Like, you know, my my particular manager right now, whenever like something comes up with my family or something's going on, she's like, whatever you need, family first. Like I recently had sort of a, unhar- a hard situation with a family member and I felt just, you know, so like, how am I going to focus on this and work and and she just absolutely was like, take time, like do what you need. So I think just, you know, people are having to react to like putting humans and putting employees first many times where that wasn't always the case before. The goal was always the priority, not the people. And so I like seeing it shift where the, the people are the priority. And then I think the goals will get met because the people are so happy and engaged where they're at that they want to meet those goals. Yeah, I like it. The people are the priority. Yeah, nice. Very good. That's right. What makes, you know, how we're living in, we've talked about it before, that's a fast-paced, ever-changing world. There's so much happening, technology, business, from a social perspective, it's going really fast. What makes a leader successful today in that fast-paced, ever-changing world? That is one of the best questions in us. So I thought a lot about this too. And I think one of my key things that I've seen and that I try to do is to be willing to have my mind changed. When I've seen really, really good leaders, a lot of leaders like, they have their vision set and they know what they want and they know how it should be done and they know the way. And I think when you see a leader that can have their mind changed by their team, that shows that they're really listening, that they really trust their team. And I think just having that flexibility to change your mind, it makes you such a better leader. Like I think about Steve Jobs, I'm sure, you know, everyone has studied him and read all the, all the books, but I think one of the most interesting things about him is what people don't always think of first is that he was willing to have his mind changed by his team. Like for years and years, he said, we're not doing a phone. Then they changed his mind. I think you've probably heard the lore of like the glass screen. He wanted it done a certain way and he hired a company to do it. And then he told him they had to do it his way. But instead, they showed him a different way and, and they were able to change his mind. And so I think anytime you're willing to take on new information and change your mind, that you'll always be a much stronger leader. And I think in today's world, it's more important than ever. How many times have you and I heard, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not able to say anything because I'm not going to be able to change the, the leader's mind or I'm not going to be able to do this and there might be repercussions if, if I actually speak out of turn and things like that. I think it's going to take, if we flip this around, it's, it takes courage and being bold and coming out there and saying, I think this is another option. And, and I don't think it's about what we say, it's about how we say it that's going to be really important. And I, I think 
courage and boldness is really important. What have you seen around that space? Oh my gosh, I totally agree. I think like you said, it's a two-sided coin because as an employee, you have to be really confident in what you know and share that and not be afraid to. But then as leadership, you have to be open to hearing that and open to hearing other voices in the room. So I totally, totally agree. It's like, it's both things. You need all the things. And I think setting a culture that allows for more voices and allows for different opinions is up to the leadership to do so that people are even more comfortable speaking up. So I think um, it's so, so important. And I think that's another reason why, you know, I'm sure you've seen and talked about a lot on your podcast. I think diversity is so important, you know, with leadership is so you can have different people with different backgrounds, with different experiences, providing those insights to potentially change your mind or add a new insight to a project or or change the direction of the way something's going. So I think back to some leaders I've had and times where I felt more comfortable speaking up and I did, it often changed the project for the better. And so I see that with my team as well. So I think it's that double-sided coin where it's part of its leadership's responsibility and the team's responsibility. I think it's um, it's a very fine line whereby we don't speak up. And if, if it, I mean, just imagine if somebody didn't speak up and bought the phone and Steve Jobs didn't go ahead with it, well, where would we be today? We might be healthier, actually, off of those things. But no, I think we all appreciate the technology. I think we're all still learning how to control it and balance it. But totally, totally agree. It would be a very different world for everyone. Absolutely. And it's really interesting teaching, you know, young ones today by the fact that our mobile phone is way more powerful than the computers they used to be in the earlier days. And the computers in the earlier days were as big as my house. It's They were huge. <laughs> and now right? my little phone is way more powerful than that. And it's just for some of them, they don't really get it, of course. And um, because, you know, they, they weren't there. But uh, it's really amazing to see how it's gone. And where would it go going forward? Where will things and technology go forward? What's coming next? It's going to be very exciting to see, while at the same time, being a little bit scary. So, leaders, <laughs> if you, listeners, if you're in roles today and you have a great idea, please, on behalf of Christy and I, please put your hand up and say something because. That could be the life-changing thing that could happen in life for all of us. And please don't hold on to it. Your responsibility is to say something and, and let it go. Yes, yes, yes. Plus 100 on that. I couldn't agree more. Excellent. Krista, we've been talking about leaders and that from their perspective and then lenses. Let's change tack and talk about the employees and look at from their lenses. Because you and I, today you're an employee and I've been an employee, and uh, but we also have employees and how has employees' expectations of leaders changed? Oh, man, so much, right? So I think it's changed so, so much. And again, in COVID times, more than ever. I think, you know, employees really expect transparency from their leadership. I think, you know, one thing as an employee I've always struggled with is also sort of like, unnecessary, you know, secrets. Like I think it makes the employees feel like they're being left out, like they're not included. And so I think especially again in COVID times, transparency is so important. So I think employees expect leaders to say, I don't have the answers, but here's what's going on. Maybe that's what they expect, you know, and I think they expect support. Like I said, I think now more than ever, I think employees expect a company that's going to kind of be there for them in the same way that they're there for the company. So, but I really think that transparency 
community is so important in the current day and age because there are a lot of scary things happening. There's a lot of unknowns in the world. And I think employees appreciate it when leadership can say, hey, we're aware that something's going on and we may not have all the answers, but we're working on it. And then again, I think that creates that culture for people to sort of step and talk about things. So I think that transparency is so key right now, especially during these COVID times. It's really interesting to see how a leader being authentic, being real, being transparent is getting louder and louder over the last few years in particular. And if you think about, as you said earlier on, social side of things are changing around the world. People are expecting more. They, they are tired as well. They're, they're like, enough's enough. We want to know. We want to, We want you to be transparent. But here's the other piece too. We want you to be vulnerable. We want you to be a human being. And I think it's really, really important that we are being vulnerable and being human. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. Like that would probably be my second thing because I think that's exactly right. Like they, it's again, a two-way street. Like you're expecting something from your employee and so they expect the same from you. And I think, you know, I'm sure you've talked a ton about her. We, we love Brene Brown and I think her work has just shown us and taught us like how important it is really in all relationships. And so I think a lot of people wouldn't think about it in leadership, but I think the strongest leaders are vulnerable and they share. And I think that is so, so important. I, I love I love the way she is as an author and as a speaker, and, and it's very much the way I work and I know other leaders who work. They call a spade a spade, not in an arrogant or a confrontational way, but it's here it is. This is what it is. Okay, so this is the situation or the scenario, but let's get together now as a team because many minds are way better than just me. And you may have the answer. Let's let's get in there. Let's let's do it. And whether you call it a sprint team or whatever, and I know that Meg Whitman talks about this all the time, run to the fire. In other words, run to it. If the house is on fire, most people run away. Emergency services arrive. They run to the fire. So if there's a problem in front of you, a challenge in front of you, don't shy away from it. Run to it and take it head on and let's see what comes out of it. That's right. I totally agree with that one. That's such a good one. And I think too, like, I, I think this vulnerability change has really been happening, you know, over this period I've been at eBay. And for me as a leader, like, I love this change because I am that type of person who kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, wears my heart on my sleeve. So I, I've never, I've always had my cards out. And so early in my career, I felt like, oh no, I could never be a strong leader here because I'm not strategic enough. And I talk too much and I show my emotion and I share, you know, and now I get to see like, there are strong leaders who are empathetic, vulnerable, transparent. And so it's been so rewarding for me to be able to watch successful people like that actually be good leaders because I think it's really, really changed over the last 10 years, you know, so it's so exciting to see those type of leadership styles and those types of leaders are being embraced and and welcomed and we need them actually. Yeah. And Christy, what happens if you are a leader and, and you sort of think, okay, maybe I need to be more like that. Is is it easy to do that try and transition and be that kind of leader or does it take work? What, what do people need to do? Yeah, yeah. I think that's such an important question. I think like for me and what I've seen is I think you have to be able to flex and you have to know, you know, the situation. But on the other hand, you still have to be your authentic self. I think that's another thing we see so much now is employees see straight through when someone is not being authentic and they immediately discount everything being said. They don't buy in. You know, they can they can just see that the leader is, is not being their true self. And so I think that as leaders, like I said, like how I said, I have to practice on listening. I think you have to practice on skills that are important to being a good leader, but, but it can't be so different from your authentic self because your team will see, you know, right through them. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really, really important. Okay, if I was to get you to get your crystal ball out now and start thinking about the future, 
Where do you see leadership being in five years? Oh, wow. That one is a big one, right? I think Mm. it's going to continue kind of down this path that we're talking about. Like, I think that people expect, you know, these, you know, more vulnerable, more open and transparent leaders. So I think we're going to continue to see that. And I think we're going to see obviously more diversity in leadership, which I think is great. When I think about like companies like eBay, you know, what we see is a lot of the women do the shopping. And so like, we always say like, gosh, there needs to be more women in leadership. And I think, you know, we're going to continue to see leadership diversify. And I think that is going to be a win for everyone, because I think the more voices with the different experiences and backgrounds in the room are only going to make companies and individuals stronger. So I think we're going to keep going this way. I I sure hope so anyway. I hope it doesn't flip back or anything because I I really, like I said, being the kind of person that I am, I fit better in this type of leadership. I could never be a leader who, you know, isn't allowed to tell the employees what's going on, isn't allowed to share what we're thinking, you know, those types of things. It's just not in my personality and in my, you know, skills. So I think I really hope that it continues to kind of go down this path. Christy, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Hey, if our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where should they go? Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh, I would love to hear from the listeners. I'm sure I have lots to learn from them. I think that's another thing about leaders, right? Is we constantly have to keep learning and changing. So I'm on LinkedIn and that's the best place to reach me. Christy Demos, K-R-I-S-T-I-D-I-E-M-O-Z. And I would love to get some messages or some connections from the listeners. Thanks so much, Dennis. Thank you. So what we'll do is we'll put your link into your LinkedIn link into the show notes so people can see that. But once again, thank you so much for joining us. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. Same, Dennis. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for having such a great podcast to talk about this. I will be an avid listener from here on out. And I just think it's such an important topic. And like I think it's like we said, we got to keep learning and changing and growing. So thanks so much. Tremendous. Thank you. Hey, listeners, what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your friends, your family and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me about the show or if you have a question for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode that happens once a week, send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Listeners, if you haven't already joined the Facebook group or the LinkedIn page, Leadership is Changing, go ahead and do that. Love to see you there on those platforms. Hey, listeners, it's always a pleasure being with you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.